This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're in the locker room with Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas here on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And one of the things that is disconcerting, Max, I got to tell you, right from the get-go, is you think about last year and the great pass rush that the Steelers have had, really, the last four years. I mean, you're talking about 50-plus saccharations per year. That's a high mark to hit, high water mark. Right now, the Steelers are on pace for 43, which is not terrible, but it's not in the, in the ballpark of what they've been doing productively over the last four years. But not only that, you've only got five takeaways thus far this year. I mean, think about last year. You had 27 in 2020 with uh, 18 interceptions and nine fumble recoveries, and you were a plus-minus of plus-nine. That's a lot. That's Those are marks that you need to get back to. Those are marks that you need to um, really desire to to come about. I mean, 18 interceptions. You've only got, what, I think two? We've got two interceptions thus far? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and let's see. Let's, let, let, let's start doing the math here. Okay, so there was two <laughs> other fumbles we could have had. Uh, 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 carry, carry the one. Okay. Yeah. Was the one? Uh, okay. Let's see. Yeah, well, yeah, no, it's uh, what uh, carry carry the Pierre, um, <laughs> yeah. in pursuit. Add the Ingram, because uh, remember the one that hit Mel Ingram in the hands. Oh yeah, that right, right. Minka's had three, right. So that's power of three, and then uh, the other fumble in this in the Seattle game. That was another one uh, that we could have had. Right. Um, yeah, we we should be we should be at ten or eleven. Uh, right now, because there was one in the Raiders game as well. Derek okay. Carr, that 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 that's the one that got tipped up. Remember, it just hung in the air. Yes, and we just missed it yes. d- diving yes. underneath. Yes. Um, I think that was Trey Norwood. So I mean, we've been around them. We've been around a lot of turnover opportunities. We just haven't. It hasn't clicked just yet. And I think also with the sacks. I mean, you look at like I said, what 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 happened to Baltimore with Cincinnati? They put. Lamar Jackson on the ground four times. Right. You know, you think about the um, the Denver Baltimore game. They got after um, Lamar Jackson as well. And so you're looking at it. So there's teams that have opportunities that you can sack. And I think because we were injured, we didn't really get to take advantage of it. And remember, our our mark right now is because we missed TJ Watt for two games. Yes. For two and a half games. So you think about that and you're like okay, this can be, but Alex Heisman finally got his first one notched off. So maybe that leads to a snowball effect. All of these numbers are still attainable because they're just close. They're just like, like a little bit, a half second away or a half step away from it really flipping how we play and flipping the field for the offense. Because I think once you start getting those little takeaways, it creates a snowball of confidence, right? And now you can get a little bit more aggressive. Now you can get those plays. Because think about this. I was talking about the game yesterday, how we got a blocked field goal. Or, I'm sorry, how how, they, how each defense got a blocked field goal in the right. game yesterday. We had one, too, against Green Bay. Yes, we did. That was called back. Hello. Called back. That's another big turnover that doesn't necessarily go in the defensive stat book, but it's a defensive statistic. You stopped a team from getting points, and you put points on the board. That's defensive scoring at its finest. Yes. Right? 
Yes. I mean, so when you look at, we're just right there um, on a lot of them. And I feel like, you know, having a buy, having a week off, kind of able to take stock and you have that momentum of knowing what it is to string together wins, I think just continues to build that confidence in your squad to where you could start pushing the envelope, start getting a little more aggressive, and you can start making those plays because you believe it's a possibility um, in those situations. So, you know, I feel really, you know, and call this my naivete, but I I, I feel very confident and empowered um, after this buy about what we can do as a team because now I've seen it. No right? doubt about it's it. It's not a matter of if, if we can score on the first opening drive. We've done that already. We knocked right. those cobwebs off. And it's not a matter of if we can get after the quarterback multiple times because we've done that. We have turned teams over. Now it's about continually building on that to create teams multiple turnovers. Now, we've had the 100-yard game by our back. Najee Harris did it. We're rushing as a team for over 100 yards back-to-back games. And guess what we've done? In those back-to-back we've games, rushing won. over 100 yards. We have won. So I think there are things where now we've seen it. It's on tape. Now we can start believing it and adding it to our recipe. Once is an accident. Twice is a habit. Just yep. saying. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. And I would agree with you. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, let's go back to the phones. Remember, in the phone lines, 412-919-1316. Let's head off to Cleveland. I think we got CR. No, we got Chicago. CR is in Chicago, not Cleveland. Welcome to the locker room, CR. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing this morning? We're doing fabulous. How you doing? Wonderful. Oh, pretty good. I got my buddy on the line. Go ahead, buddy. All right. Hey, hey good morning, guys. How good, morning. Doing? good morning. Good morning. So what do we got? What are you guys thinking coming out of the bye week? Well, uh, go ahead, Juan. Uh, you go first. I can agree with Max what he was just saying. I think we got I think we're gonna have something special going on with this bye week because we basically are still in the in the race for everything as you can see. So I'm with Max on that. I'm ready to ready to get back to work and see what the guys can do. How about you, C R? Well, I, I think I think we uh we had enough time to go over uh some of the challenges that we've been facing. One of the biggest cha- challenges was uh irresponsible when it comes to uh, tackling, I think uh, the coach worked on that. If you work with the small things uh, and eliminate them, then the big things you'll be able to see much better and be able to handle them. Comment. Well, the biggest thing is, in my mind, right now, the, the challenge facing the Steelers, I think, because I think tackling is, is something that, you know, you can work at it, but it's, it's something you got to do. You just do it. Yeah. I mean, because you cannot practice that other than the soft tissue work fundamentals that you do you know when you're not really banging anybody but two of the things that I think are important are what number one is the Steelers got to come out and play fast from the beginning they're only averaging 2.3 points a game uh, I'm sorry 2.3 points in the first quarter and that just tells you that starting faster has got to become a priority they just have to get after it and do it Max talked about it it started in the last couple of games with You've got uh, uh, in Green Bay, they came out and they got Deontay going. And you almost had Deontay again in Seattle. That was a close – there was a close one there, long ball. But, you know, getting a faster start and then prioritizing defensively what you're doing in the second half. Because the second half of the Steelers, you know, whether it's the Raiders or or Seattle, um, these are are, uh, screw-ups you can't have. You just can't have it. Yeah. You're right yeah, about that. Uh, 
But, go ahead, Mac. My bad. And I, I was going to say, and I completely agree. I think, and, you know, I talked about it right before you guys came on air, was, you know, now that you've put it on tape, you can see it. Now it mm-hmm. gives you, with the week off, a chance to really hone in and analyze it. You know, we talked to Tom Bradley last week, and you heard Tom talk about bringing your feet with you. Stop leaving your feet and thinking that you can just right. dive at a guy and make a tackle, but come and gather and then make the tackle. I think that's the other thing, is taking the extra step when you're in position to do so. Don't get lazy. So you could talk through a lot of it, but like Wolf said, it's practical application, but I think it's still something you could put in the mind frame that, yeah. okay, when, when I'm close to a tackle – I need to take the extra step and secure the tackle. Um, so I, I like that. But I think also the turnover game, you know, only having five turnovers and being so close to so many other ones, that also gives mm-hmm. you that confidence because that's what you have to do. If you get a turnover, there's a lot less tackling you got to do after that turnover. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you can, you, so you can get a little bit more confident with that because you're just a step away on that as well. So there's a lot of little things, but I agree. Tackling has to be um, something that's important, that's instilled, and that goes back to another thing we're talking about. Can't get rid of Mel Ingram because that's a part of your rotation. Right. You also, you yeah, also right. need guy, bodies on the field that know how to do that. So don't, sub, don't play addition by subtraction game. Uh, we need as many of those bodies that do know how to do it uh, out there. Yeah, we, we had a good defensive rotational thing going on to – a couple of guys got hurt, and that gave uh, people the opportunity to rest for a minute or two and then get back out there. So um, just want to make a quick shout-out to Bye Guy and Pepe. Hey, guys, we need to know where you guys are, uh, what, what cities and states you guys are in, so we're going to add that to the collection. Right now we got um, 32 states with 114 callers coming in every day. Juan, what you got before we go? Hey, um, another thing, guys, what you guys have to say about uh, P.J. Watt getting fined for doing his job. He was trying to punch the ball, he was trying to punch the ball out. You know, we were just talking about that, and we were saying, you know, I, I, I know that D.K. Metcalf must have suffered the same fate, right? I mean, D.K. was yeah. was hacking away at, at uh, Devin Bush when Devin picked up that fumble, and he was punching the ball out and whacking Devin Bush. So certainly there must be uh, some sort of um, fine for D.K. Metcalf, but I, I can't seem to find it. Anybody seen that? No, I haven't <laughs> seen lost in the mail. about that either. You know, yeah. the Postal Service has had some uh, some delays. I, th- I think <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah, it's a, po- it's a post-dated one. It'll get the there snail by mail. The snail mail came <laughs> yeah. across really, really slow. Anything else, fellas? Oh, no, I guess that's it. Uh, in the meantime, in the between time, who ride? Who ride? We, we ride. ride. There you go. <laughs> yeah. See you, guys. Thanks a lot. Of course, the number is 412 one three one six. You're in the locker room with the Wolf Starks and the Ninjas as we roll along here. And you know, one of the things that uh, you know, in talking about it again, that fast start. Again, that's something that you've got to emphasize each and every week. That two point three points per first quarter max. That's that's not sufficient to make your defense go. Oh, I'm feeling good about this. You got to come out fast. You got you got to come out fast, and I think that that that's always the emphasis. I don't think any offense does not want to, and you want to be within your top fifteen plays, right? You script these based off of tendencies and weaknesses of the opposing defense, so those should be the crispest ones, right? And then yes. after that, it's the chess match. It's okay, making a list of what's successful and how do we get to the successful things in different ways. How do we create that shroud of mystery with our motions with an offensive set 
and a, and and a shift. But the top fifteen that should be that should be dialed up a one. We feel most comfortable. That that is that is my that's my top reliever, right? When the starting mm. pitcher gets a little tired, right? Bring in the lefty. Bring in the lefty. I know I know what this guy can do against these guys. We've already seen these batters through the rotation. I think that's kind of what we want to see and make sure those top fifteens hit because Ben, when he feels comfortable and he feels great about it, you know that this offense is clicking. And I think it has to have a good rotation and mixture of run with the pass. Now, last week, now, last no weekend before last, gosh, bye week. Um, you know, in Seattle, we did see a little bit more of the swing passes, kind of the now passes, right? Um, the RPOs that they wanted to call them. Those are just run pass options that are sent in. So you have the ones, and I, and I talked with Stan about this last week about the difference between what Ben Roethlisberger calls a run-pass option versus mm-hmm. what the common culture is right now, RPO crazy. And I was like, RPO is for the mobile quarterback. That means when he comes out on a pre-designed rollout and he has the run-pass option, he can either run it or right. he can pass it. Ben Roethlisberger's run-pass option is he has a run play that's called in and a pass play. We called those kill plays back in the day when right. I was there with Ben. Kill the first or second. Where you call two whatever. plays in. Yep, kill, kill, kill the first. If the first play's not there, kill it to the second. And that's what a run-pass option is. So let's. So I think that's something where he took advantage of. We're outflanked. We tried to run it a couple times. So now when we get the run-pass option, I'm going to just make the quick throw. I'm going to throw the now because the slot's off, playing off. So that's something you have to continually work at and continue to work in. But I think personnel is going to be key with that rotation. I don't think there's any question about it. And I think truly one of the things that uh, has, has really been a consistency throughout, even though problem is each one of those wide receivers have had an injury game. They, you know, they sat out and this and that. But Deontay Johnson is still Ben's target. He gets over 30% of the targets. Um, that's a lot. And his production has been good. I'm 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 gratified by what I see. It, it to me in my mind, Deontay has gone through a lot in the offseason to get himself to perform at a level such as he is at right now. I think he's got another gear. I really do. I think there's more there to be had, more meat on the bone as Mike Tomlin talks about. But uh, certainly he's a guy that has got to be as productive. And then of course you got Chase that's got to be more productive. Yeah, no, I mean the the Canadian assassin. You know, he com- <laughs> he comes out and 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 the old and the old spec ops colors there. I don't know if that's some type of uh, Canadian uh, Celtic origin there with the with the battle paint, but he's got he's got to be that guy. He's got to be that guy that you're like, listen, you're bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah. Okay, so we just need the hands to be more consistent with that. And to take advantage of, because I think he has a natural body presence. You know, we talk about Pat Fryermuth playing that power forward. Well, I'm thinking of him as a big shooting guard, right? Yes. A guy who's there a shooting go. guard who can also post up in the paint. I need, I need to see that Chase Claypool, which we know he has that capability. But like you said, dealing with injuries, you know, he's been nicked up. He's been knocked out of games for a little bit of time. He's missed time. But he has that capability. We have some great assets in the receiving game yes we that do have physical advantages not only technical advantages but, but physical physically. advantages and when you put all of those pieces together there's no reason we should be lacking in production especially starting fast in games no question about it all right stay tuned we're going to come back with more right after this in the locker room bspn pittsburgh steelers nation radio 
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You're in the locker room with Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas, and we are wrapping things up here. Well, we got another segment to do, to, to go here. We've had a little discombobulation here, and uh, Max is, uh, I had, to, I don't know what happened. He disappeared. And uh, I, I blame the studio, Wolf. I blame the studio <laughs> Wi-Fi. Studio Wi-Fi. That's what happened. Not on me. That's my story, exactly. and I'm sticking Nin- to it. Nin- ninjas need to go up into the rafters and go <laughs> ahead and just keep that hamster on the wheel that's running the, uh, the uh, hamster-powered electric in there for the Wi-Fi connection. Max, you got a, an offense here that right now they are uh, they're using that 11 personnel almost 80% of the time. That's like third in the, third highest in the league. You know, and we've talked about it a little bit more with a little more 12, a little more 13, maybe 21, 22 personnel, whether you got a couple backs, a couple tight ends, um, even a 13 personnel where we go with the three tight ends because they are all gifted performers in, in, in their ability. But one of the bottom lines of it all is is increasing your third down efficiency. Right now the Steelers are 11th in the NFL at about 42 0.5% conversion rate. Not bad, but you certainly would like to see that up in the top five. Well, and, and I, I think, you know, I think it goes to that success on first and second down. Right. I think it's using different personnel groupings um, that you can be more highly successful. I think, you know, the Steelers are trying to fool teams into staying in sub-personnel, right? That's why you have so much prevalence of the 11 personnel right. you're trying to get nickel fronts in you're trying to remove a big guy and put a smaller guy in there right the problem is teams aren't buying into that as of right now they're still using bigger personnel or they're staying tighter on us in first downs and we're not having the success of running out of sub personnel groupings which means less than normal um you know when we're talking about it. i mean we base everything off of the i formation or 12 personnel Right, that's base. Right, that gives you four three or three four defenses on one side, and it gives you a box of seven humans that are blocking on the offensive right. side. To put it in simple terms, um, <clears throat> and we're trying to get a little creative by going eleven, three wide receivers. We said we'll get an extra nickel back in there. We'll get some type of you know alternate personnel package because they don't feel comfortable. I think this offensive line is built to run out of base. I think they're built to run out of Whatever your standard box is, four, three, three, four, however you're going to do it, give us your bigs, and we're going to use our bigs, and I guarantee our bigs are better than yours. I think, but I also think that it's a maturation process. It took six weeks um, to get to this point. I think early on you had to do that, right? Because you weren't sure what your offensive line could do. A lot more motions and misdirection right. to try and fool teams. And now we've got to a point where we know the guys, when they're in base, we have a good shot. You know, unless that safety drops down into the box and creates an eighth defender, seven on seven is pretty good. And we got some tight ends who are willing and active and tenacious blockers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. You look at Gentry, you look at Fryermuth, and you say, Pat and Zach can get it done. So we don't need to fool teams anymore. We can stand up toe to toe with them. Now, Eric Ebron, that's another conversation. Um, but his gift and this you know, is part of what he can do win. when he, he gets split up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess the biggest yeah. thing is don't put – why keep putting him in positions to not really accentuate that which he's capable of doing, you know, 
to the very best. Your mom would be proud. Accentuate. <laughs> I love that. I love Hoopies that. listening, Accentuate man. the positives. <laughs> Hoopies listening. So there you go. Check one on the scorecard for, for good Boom. old Craigie. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> he got the big word in today. Got the three-syllable word That's in. There right. we go. <laughs> That's right. You know it, baby. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that I think that's that's what you kind of have to go. And actually, that's four syllables. Anyways, <laughs> that's just me and my nerdiness. Um, you know, you have to be able to put guys in that position. I think if you come out in 13 and you do split out Eric Ebron, now you get a position where you got a little guy on a big guy, right? You, you create that. You move a guy naturally out of the box that has to block him, that has to account for him, right. and you can still run off of that. So – when I look at it, you know, especially if a team decides that they want to go, like, let's say they match big for big, right? You come out in 13 personnel, and now ne- next thing you know, you get you get a five-fifth down lineman or a fourth down lineman, create some type of 4-4 four, four, um, type of situation on the opposing team. Now you get man coverage on a guy by the name of Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Right. Great point. Because you're committing to the box. Why not throw off of that? You can run play action off of that because the guys are already built to identify run first and then adjust to the pass that gives you that gives you an opportunity so i think there's a lot of ways to play with it and we'll see what matt canada comes up with you know come sunday in cleveland on halloween i plan on seeing a lot more tricks than treats for the (laughs) cleveland browners over there um you know i i think that's kind of how you have to look but i would love to see some of that versatility because i think that's something that these guys have earned their keep right they've put pennies in the bank over the last six weeks of doing that now it's time to now it's time to give them a little payback right now it's time to convert those pennies into dollars for them and let that be success because pat's earned it and pat's shown us that he can do it week in week out the guy is a human flycatcher you know and like you said zach cannot beat the body dimensions right he's taller and longer throw the ball in the post if we're going into basketball terms, uh, get that man the ball somehow to create that nu- that other issue, right? You have a quandary at that point is that if he releases, he tight end delays, he gets a tight end screen, I've got to account for that guy. And guess what? Backside might be open. Absolutely. Paying so much attention to the left hand, you don't know what the right hand's doing. Until it Boom, smacks you. you. Get that versatility. Yeah, until it smacks you. And pow, right in the kisser, right? You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's go across enemy lines. We got Ed in Cleveland. Let's go back to the phones. Ed, you're in the locker room. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, Ed. How you doing, doing good, brother? Ed. Oh, you know, it's uh, it's Steeler week in Cleveland, so it's a tough <laughs> week. I really, I, I, re- I really only called, guys. I wasn't going to call it, but I started hearing you guys talk about Mayfield. They said Mayfield's probably going to play this week. They said uh, as long as his swelling goes down in his arm, he, he's expected to play, as is Jack Conklin and, and Nick Chubb. Those guys are all all all, uh, all slated to play this week. So, I mean, I, I'm expecting if you're on the field, you're healthy. Now, isn't that how it goes, Max? Wolf, is, I mean, oh, that, yeah. that used to be the way. Europe. I don't know that you can still say that's the, that's the way. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? So that, that that's I didn't really have a lot. I just wanted to know they, they're expecting these guys to play, and this is a big game for this team too. And uh, the thing about this team is, I, I called into a guy uh, uh, on another station in Pittsburgh, and I told him about this Arizona game and how the Browns were going to lose this game and against Arizona. The Browns struggle if you, if you don't know. They struggle against mobile quarterbacks. They played Tyrod Taylor earlier this year, and Tyrod Taylor was handed it to the Browns. Houston was beating the Browns 
21, uh, 21 to 14 at the half, and then Tyrod pulled a hamstring, and uh, it was all downhill for Houston after that. What I'm trying to say is we might be in a little trouble because they play well against stationary quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins. They, they, the defense played well against Cousins uh, last week against Teddy Bridgewell. When, they, when he was stationary, they played well against those kind of teams. So with Ben being a, sort of uh, you know a statue of his old self back there now, that's where I think we might struggle. Outside of that, I really don't have a lot, and, you know, I'm just hoping we can win. And this Ingram stuff, I don't know where it came from, guys, but I'm not ready to get off of him yet either. So, good thanks. Point. That's all I got. Maybe we'll call later later on in the week. And, Sounds uh, good. Thanks for taking my call, guys. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Behind, Always. But from behind enemy lines. <laughs> exactly. A little scouting <laughs> thanks, report. Guys. Thank you, brother. You know, that would be interesting if Baker Mayfield plays. I don't know that um, – I don't know that they're a better team with uh, a wounded Baker Mayfield over Case Keenum. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's, that, that's going to be interesting to see um, if you get him there because when we look at this, I mean, Baker, if he takes one more hit, right, the swelling goes down, well, the swelling will go back up real quick. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're going to have an situation. X marks the spot, you know, at some point in time. You're going to – your focus, yeah. defensively speaking – I mean, back in our yeah. day, it was like, oh, somebody's got a knee injury. And you, your first question is, which knee? You know, I mean, that's – Yeah. That would that, – Yeah. You know. So, so I mean, and, and then, like you said, you're getting Jack Conklin back, which Jack is a really good right he's tackle. He's a good player, I think yes. Since, since Jack has, has left Tennessee and gone to Cleveland, he's built himself into being one of the better right tackles in this league. Um, you know, I also look at, you know, Nick Chubb. But Ooh. Nick Chubb's been injured, so, you know, yes, he can run – and now you have Dearness Johnson as the kind of the Kareem Hunt replacement in that situation. But, you know, I still think this is a team that can get af- that, that that can get got get gotten after. There we go. That's what I was trying to say. That was what I was trying to say. It was right. a, uh, a, a slip up. And I don't know if they're as strong as that as as people want to make them out to be. And I think that you can go after this team. You just can't be intimidated because I think once again, we talked about all these offensive pieces being added back. Didn't hear any secondary pieces there. And right. I'm waiting for OBJ to have a meltdown on the sideline. I'm waiting for him to take it out on the next kicking net. Because um, you look at it, he he played, he, he stuck <clears throat> it up uh, on Thursday. So you're still waiting to hear back about Jarvis Landry. That, that really makes your offensive uh, pass game go as Jarvis Landry because he's so dependable. He's such a clutch player. And he he's a feisty guy. He's a, yeah, yeah, he's a leader on that offensive side. So I still don't know if they have all those pieces. So I think it's still something where we can get after him. Baker Mayfield is hittable. Yes. He's not a moving target. And so just as much as the Browns' defense takes advantage of stationary quarterbacks, our defense likes a stationary quarterback. Right. It gives you that target, right? Throwing darts at a dartboard with the guy who sees the bullseye. I think that's going to be something that we can play into and play with because – I know Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills are your two outstanding stud tackles, but that interior is not that stud, not that stud Lee. And I like a guy by the name of Cam Hayward. I do, I do indeed, absolutely, no question about Game it. Game wrecker. It's so. you know this again. This is going to be an interesting matchup if uh, we can get some certain other people to jump on board and and come out of the gates flying on bye week. You know, again, I go back to Alex Highsmith. You know, what are you going to do? How are you? Because I, I, there, there's something about this kid that says to me, he's got just up, just 
unbelievable upward potential. You know, I mean, Juice, Juice is the French. Is it? Oh, is it? And what does that mean? Uh, yeah, upward, unbelievable <laughs> upward potential, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Is 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 he's got the juice? He's got the, the juice. juice to okay, done. Okay, yeah, you just throwing a little El Francais there at me. That's all. Yeah, I, I I just made it there. You know, I mean, yes, in Spanish is Hugo, but you know, it doesn't sound as cool as Juice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's interesting. All right, that that'll work. That'll work. All right, let's go to break. We'll come back after this. We got more coming to you from the locker room. Numbers 412-919-1316. We'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And we are back in the locker room, and it's the uh, Bell Lap here in the locker room, Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio. One of the things that uh, I, I, I think is uh, does bear mentioning is the fact that Trey Norwood, a seventh-round draft pick, uh, has come out, and he's uh, already played 179 snaps uh, for the Steelers, who, you know, he started the first game in Buffalo, which is not something anybody really anticipated or expected from this young man. But when Mike Tomlin drafted him, he said he was a human Swiss Army knife. He is a utility back, uh, you know, backup safety and everything else. They talk about being a cornerback, being a uh, a dime back, or you know, in in the box. This kid has really done some good stuff and continues on an upward trend. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like what Trey Norwood's offering, right? I think that's kind of the really cool thing when you look at just what he can bring and how he has got in the requisite snaps we're talking about, right? You didn't consider him a primetime contributor, but now you look at his numbers and you realize he is. That's what allows Minka to drop in and more sub-personnel stuff and do stuff in and around the box. It gives him that versatility, and it puts you in a position where you feel trusted having him and Terrell Edmonds on the back end if need be. And then you know that you can always slide James Pierre in and around for the nickel responsibilities as well. And then, of course, Arthur Millette, right? These guys right. had opportunities when Cam Sutton went down to really make a difference for their team, and they're putting in the contributory aspects. I think that's what we have to remember. These young guys are getting the requisite experience that if anything, God forbid, Adversity happens. Injuries happen. These guys are now in a prime position because they have experience, and that only makes your team stronger. That's why I was saying we don't want to touch the personnel we have. We just need to keep all of them on the field. Yeah, <laughs> and, good point. And Trey Norwood is, is an absolute shining example of that, is that he gets the job done. He is the one that knows how to do this, and we've been so fortunate to have young guys that we can depend on in those situations. You know, one of the things I always look at about young people, and one of the things that uh, you hear coming from successful young people's coaches is the fact that they're smart, that they don't make the same mistake twice. And we've heard that said about Trey Norwood as we heard about Alex Highsmith uh, being said last year. You know, one of the, in one of the proof of uh, the proof is in the pudding. You think about the Philadelphia preseason game when Trey Norwood whiffed on the uh, screen pass to the outside, and you go back to the Seattle game where he dropped. Uh, I think it was Freddie Swain for a minus four yard loss on virtually the yeah. same play, not exactly the same, but 
you know, another smoke uh, route, uh, screens, whatever you want to call it out there. Um, he came up and made the hit. He beat the man to the point of triangulation there. That he's got to beat that guy coming to kick him out. And he did so and took down the wide receiver for a loss. And it says to me, all right, here's the same guy, recognized similar situation, blows it up rather than getting blown up. I thought, you know, that's a great statement on who he is. Yeah, absolutely. And then you look at him kind of weaving through uh, a running back screen as well. Right. Defe- defeating the wide receiver, getting getting outside leverage on the offensive tackle. Um, Dwayne Brown, who's, I would argue, a very good tackle. Yeah. Pro bowler, all pro at, at one point. Um, you beat both of those guys and you make a play on Alex Collins. Um, and then you drop DK Metcalf, who is literally like a living sculpture walking right. around us. Um, and you drop him for no yards gained after after he makes the catch. So no yak after after that catch. And I think that's where you say, aha, light bulb clicking. Light bulb's not flickering. It's shining bright. This thing's a ready-go. You know, it's an old-school incandescent. It's not the LED that takes a warm-up time, right? I've never heard you know, anybody describe a, a light bulb as flickering. <laughs> now, that's good. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to have so to rip I that off that, you, Max. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Listen, you know, all's, all's good in the locker room, right? We share thoughts. It's where we come to a get flickering our daily light bulb. dose. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my goodness. That's so, good. Yeah, so I, I think that that's kind of where you feel empowered by it. And I think that's why you and I feel empowered coming out of the bye. Right. Because we've seen growth from a lot of young guys on this squad that have had to contribute sooner than they expected. You know, nobody expected – for Steph Tuitt to get injured. Mm. But that made way for Isaiah Bugs. You know, nobody anticipated Cam Sutton going out. That made way for James Pierre, Trey Norwood, and Arthur Millette. You know, nobody anticipated how, you know, Dan Moore would win the job at the left tackle position this right. preseason. But he's in there playing a the job. Kendrick Green, we knew, but he's nuanced, right? right. He is a very inexperienced center by experience standards, but he's learning on the job. And all these guys have kicked in earlier than we anticipated, and they're getting all of this pounds of knowledge poured on them every single play and creating a memory bank to go back on. Like you said, learning from your mistakes, that's key because you got to make the mistake to learn from it. Right, yeah. (laughs) It's one thing to look at it on a grease board. It's another thing to go out there and actually apply it and get a chance to, quote-unquote, redeem yourself. They're getting these redemption opportunities. So I think that's what's key, and that's what makes me feel good about it. They've gotten a lot of experience in the first six games of this season, and we still have 11 games after this. We still have over a third of the games left, and they've gotten this much knowledge thus far. Well, and productively, it's not really hurt the Steelers to any big degree. You know, I mean, learning on the job is important because if you can do that without being a detriment at times, various times, uh, that's only going to accelerate the learning process and create more for you to be able to do. One of the things that I, I worry about, you know, and we've been talking about is Zach Banner coming back, you know, and Zach having an opportunity to go out and contribute. I mean, if we could go with the Zach Banner and Chooks core four um, that, you know, they were expecting to do at the start of the season, you know, it's, it, it, it does, it's interesting, but yet, Moore's come a long ways. The kid's the kid has has come a ways. I would hate for his learning curve to be set aside, but at the same time, I'm intrigued about what I po- po- what possibly could happen 
with a Zach Banner at right tackle and Chooks at left tackle. Yeah, no, I mean, this is something we're, we're still waiting to see, right? I mean, this is a project. I mean, you know, the biggest thing is we just need to get Zach on the field. Yeah. You know, Zach's another one that you could lump him into almost a rookie plus status, mm-hmm. right? Because he's had, what, two starts, um, you know, about 80 or so snaps yeah. um, in the tackle position. So he's still relatively inexperienced, but you don't look past the the size capabilities, right? right? The physical attributes he possesses, the natural aggression he possesses, and you think, hey, this should work. But, I mean, the biggest thing is we had to get him on the field to see if said thing works because we only got 14 snaps this preseason. That was it. And then then he IR'd, and now we've just been kind of waiting for this moment to really see how how he can insert himself and really help this offensive line continue to grow. But, I mean... You know, I like what we've seen so far from our guys, and I think Zach can only enhance that. And so it's wait, hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait with Zach. But hopefully we get some more clarity as the week progresses and guys start practicing injury reports come out to see what the participation is on a daily basis to see if he's getting those reps. We knew last two weeks ago he was out there practicing, getting back into shape. Now he's had an additional week where there hasn't been competition, so you hope he's gotten even further along to where now it's game week. Now we can start actually getting him into the game plan and seeing how he, how he receives everything. No no question about that. I just, in my mind, you know, you wonder, you're always weighing and balancing the learning curve of the young people. You know, when you've established such a one as six straight games with Danny Moore, well, uh, we had a little bit of time there with Joe Haig was in there. But um, you get, you know, Dan Moore, is, is he's accomplished enough that you like, I like what we see. There's got to be some better finish on the pass rushes where he's got to be able to, um, you know, uh, stone the, the bull rush more so or not let the guy have the, the back corner uh, coming running around the horn on uh, running that arc on the pass rush. But um, I, I like what I've seen so far. Kendrick Green has done a good job. Uh, not a, You know, he's still got some deficiencies he's got to work on like everybody else does. But I like the upward trend of the offensive line. And certainly if they would come in and, you know, you you start to let maybe, I don't know, maybe Zach reprises his role as the big tight end, as we've talked about in the past. That's another possibility that you could include him with some other tight end formations. That would be kind of interesting to see. I saw there was a team yesterday I saw had, had seven offensive linemen in. They, I, it was like wild. Um, I don't know if that was Cincinnati or not. I can't remember. But, you know, some team literally had seven hogs out there. And, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was pretty impressive. They did a good job. Um, certainly, I, I got to expect that some of that could help kickstart a running game, too. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we most definitely can anticipate that. I would love to see that. I think when you look at it, you've got these opportunities where you can use them. I think maybe they don't have as, as great a tight end core as our Steeler squad does. I don't think they have the bevy, so... You, the bevy, you, you know, you look at yeah, you look at Cincinnati, right? They use right. a lot of Isaiah Prince, yes. you know, their their third offensive tackle um, to create that tight end rush game. And I think if if you don't have Zach Gentry, if you don't have Pat Fryermuth, who can be big bodies but also give you that pass catching option, you, you do go to bigger bodies. I mean, great, that's great in, in uh, short yards and goal line, right? You you want to see the big bodies. That's 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 where Zach Banner made his hay, right? Right, as the jumbo tight end. That's where I heck. That's where I made my hate starting out. Wolf, true. I was a jumbo tight end back in two thousand and four, 
and you want to see that. But if you have the capable guys that can run the deeper routes and run more decoys and also be a real threat, that's when you're cooking. That's when you know you've got it. And you can have a two-way go run or pass because of that personnel. So I think you have to weigh those options. And it's, it's great to have linemen that can do that. You know, I think having Zach in there gives us more versatility than it does not um, because he has that experience and he has that ability. Uh, I just like to see it paired up well, right? I like to see a true jumbo that can, um, that can go out there and just road grade four-minute offense style, right? You know, exactly. close out a game. Yeah. So we don't get these nail biters where you're worried about overtime with the Denver and you go into overtime in Seattle um, that you can win this game outright in regulation. So it, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a great week, man. I can't wait to unpack more of this as we get closer because I think there, there's a lot of good things. There's a lot, as you say, a lot of meat on the bone left. There's a, there's a couple of cubes still in the crock pot of the beef stew, Wolf. <laughs> A couple of cubes left. Who's going to claim it? Who's going to claim it? Who's going to clean the bowl first and go back for seconds? Absolutely. And by the way, I must tell you, I was at Caliente's this weekend with uh, my bride, right? So oh, we tried something. Nice. Here we go. Black and gold wings. Oh, it was a special Ooh. sauce. Yeah, the secret sauce was very intriguing. I'm not even sure Ooh. exactly what it was other than superb. That's all. Well, That's all well, I can say. Well, once you take me there, I will diagnose it for you. There we go. I, all right. I, have, I think I we're going to have to do that. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, because <laughs> I, I, I feel there's a mustard-based sauce in there somewhere mixed with a buffalo, but I'm not going to I think that was that it. Yes. It was something mustard-based. Yes. yes. I like that. So like a Carolina gold, which I love. Yes, I love yes, Carolina yes. Gold. Okay, yes. now you're talking. That's it. That's exactly go. what it was. My goodness. We're discovering the mysteries of you just like on this You show. just like, uh, uh, I don't know, Jedi'd my mind or something here, man. You just like yeah, yeah. tractor beamed you know, it, man. Dude, you know, one thing you can never doubt as far as my knowledge base is What's food, that? comic books, and okay. all things nerd. And football. That's beautiful. That's, that, 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 that's my that, that's my holy trinity of, uh, of knowledge base. Got right it there. Thank you, Max. Appreciate you so much. I know it was a it was an effort to get up this morning, but get some sleep tonight, brother. And uh, we will be back tomorrow. All right, and folks, I know that you got a lot of choices out there. We thank you so very much. So from Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.